picture for the, for a, for around 10 minutes for around 10 minutes on first second corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 and 18 and this is what it says second corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 through 18 it says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all for we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen seeing what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal did anyone came here today praying longing for someone to sing something pray something or preach something that will strive all your hopes away did anyone come here hoping to be discouraged did anyone come here today hoping that someone would knock all the wing out of your cells today no nobody came here that way today nobody came here saying please hurt me Please strip away all my motivation for serving the Lord. Please discourage me. Please defeat me. We came here looking for the opposite, didn't we? We've come here looking for the opposite of that. We come here looking for, for encouragement, seeking hope, desire to be motivated to a greater things in the Lord. We came here looking for help. You have gathered here this morning because if you want bad news and you want discouragement and you want to be let down, you can just might as well stay home, turn the TV on and watch the news and that'll be just good enough. But when you come into the house of God, you come here expecting to be lifted up. You come here to be motivated and touched by the power of God to be uplifted so you can tackle Monday, so you can tackle Tuesday, so you can tackle Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and get back on church on Sunday so you can do it all over again, so you can come motivated by the power of the Holy Ghost. We can believe in God for something great. See, we come here looking for help. If I told you there was a secret that would allow us to have hope in this world, will you want to know what it is? In a world that is so filled with hopelessness and discouragement and defeat, it is told that you knew a way you live your life every day and not lose heart. You will refuse to hear me tell you that secret. Of course not. That is why we're here. In this text, Paul tells us that he has found the secret to staying encouraged in the Lord. And in verse 16, Paul says, we do not lose heart. Paul knew the secret to not losing heart. And he shares that secret with us in this passage. I want to spend in the next few moments that I have today... And talk to you on that thought. That thought of do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. I want to show you some truth in this verse that will help you to, to faint not. Even when your life at its most discouraging. But if you go with me through this text. And if you are interested in becoming encouraged, motivated. 
and in having hope in the Lord. You must understand that Paul was saying in this incredible statement, he said in verse 16, Paul says, we do not lose heart. Paul is telling us that regardless of what comes his way, he does not give up. He does not give in. He does not give out. He does not lose heart. It is so easy to lose heart, isn't it? It is so easy to come to a place where you are ready to throw in the towel, to lay down your burdens, to just quit. It is easy to do that. It is easy to just quit. It is easy just to throw in the towel. And it seems to me just from reading what the Bible says about the life of Paul, that would have been easier for Paul to lose heart. But he says, we faint not. That is that little phrase in the present tense, an active voice. Paul is saying, I never lose heart. He, he's not bragging. He's making a simple statement of fact that says, listen, I have not, I'll faint not. I will, I will not lose heart. Yes, it looks bad and it looking dark, and it looks complicated, and it looks like hell is coming against me. But in spite of all of that, I'm going to stand firm with my foundation, and I'm going to trust God through it all because God is faithful. At the end of the day, the one I'm going to call upon, it is the name of the Lord. It is the name of the Lord that's going to help me through. It is the name of the Lord who's going to sustain me. It is the name of the Lord that's going to pick me up in the middle of the night when there's no one else to call and there's nobody answering the phone. But I can call upon one name, and his name is Jesus. Paul understood that. He says, I will not lose heart. Oh, I will faint not. Paul's life was anything but easy. Consider two passages that speaks of the problems Paul was forced to endure in his life. And I'll read it quick. The first is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. So we despair of life itself. The next verse says this, 2 Corinthians 11 says, we are servants of Christ. Now listen to what this guy had to go through. He said, we are servants of Christ. I'm, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been fought more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. And once I was attacked with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, from, from, from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and told and have often gone without sleep. I know hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food. Have anybody been there yet? I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily 
the pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak I do not feel weak who, who, who is led into sin and I do not angrily burn yet yet in spite of all those trials and tribulations and burdens Paul is able to say I never lost heart I've never lost heart I've never lost hope you know what? In spite of all that he'd been through and all that he had gone through, he said to himself, I will quit not because I've come too far to quit now. He said, you know what? I've been through so much pain. I've been through so much sorrow. I've cried too many nights. I've been through, I've been talked about too many times. I've been lied about so many times that by now I've come too far to allow people to talk me out of what I'm believing that God can do for me. Because greater is he who is in me than he was in the world. Paul understood that. Paul understood what it means to be in persecution. Paul understood what it means to be in pain. Paul understood what it means to be without. Listen, we, we go through a little trouble and, and we think the world's ending. No, Paul understood exactly what it means to hold on to God in spite of all that comes against you. And we need to learn that. And there's anyone here who can echo that statement. Is there anyone here who can say, I, I, I never get discouraged. I never want to give up. I'm always encouraged, excited, and energized about my life and walk with the Lord. No. No one can say that. Because we all have stumbled from discouragement to discouragement. We all want to quit from time to time. We all want to just stop and give no more because we feel that we have given all already that we can't. Most of us are like David who said, and I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away to be at rest. In other words, King David would say, man, if I can just fly away from all these problems. Have you ever felt that way sometimes? Have you ever been surrounded by problems that you can say to yourself, man, if I can grow some wings, I'll fly away and never look back. And just keep on going. Am I talking to anybody this morning who can relate to what I'm talking about this morning? But you can't do that, dear beloved. See, we all, if we will be honest, we all have to admit that we will, would at times like to sprout those wings. Well, there are times that we will leave troubles and afflictions behind. Seems like the, that would be the best option. I am far more interested in reaching the place where I can say what Paul said. I am far more interested in reaching the place where, where I can say, I faint not. I do not lose heart. My friend, when you get to that place and you understand that, listen, I'm not quitting. I ain't giving up. Yes, hell comes against me, but I'm still trusting the Lord. Come on, give a glory, a clap of praise this morning because you, you don't have to quit. You don't have to give up where you're at. Amen? You want to go? I like your sermon, so I'm just going to continue to preach yours. Uh, 
So I was thinking, Pastor, I'm like, hey, Pastor, what are we preaching on? What's our topic? Where's our first scripture? What's, what points am I taking three, four? He goes, oh, no, it's not like that. It's more like round robin. You just preach whatever God gives you. So that's where we're going. But it's funny how they all, God's word just kind of intertwined and it bleeds together. And God knows what his people need to hear. So Pastor was preaching about don't lose heart. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep going. And uh, God had brought to my attention, you know, it is Memorial Day. And I'm not much of a theme type guy where I like to ride the waves and trends. But I began to think on, the, on a thought. I used to work for Polk County Sheriff's Department, and um, a guy who was a mentor to myself and even my wife in high school, um, he, was, he was murdered. Uh, he was a, a, a canine officer, a canine deputy, and he was assassinated by a, a, a drug lord, an assassin, him and his dog. You may have heard of him, uh, Matt Williams and D.O.G. was a dog's name. And, um, and Grady Judd, like him or love him, um, <laughs> There's not many choices. He, he, literally, he literally stood up, and, and the first thing he said was this. He said, a man remember never die. A man remembered never dies. And it kind of goes along that Memorial Day weekend, but I begin to look in the word in Hebrews 11.4. Hebrews 11.4 says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, he still speaks. I begin now, now kids, this isn't a ghost story. It's not a ghost speaking and coming, ooh, I want to talk to you. It's nothing like that. But what it's talking about is being a legend. It's being a legend. Young people in, in here today, you, you have legends. Kobe, you would say he's a legend. Your favorite actors and actresses and sports legends that are passing away right now, we call them what? We call them legends. Will you have the ability to be legendary? You have an ability to leave a legacy that's going to go far beyond your 85, 86, 90, 93, 100 years that you, you live on this earth. And what happens afterwards is what really matters. Because nobody cares about that, the life that you live until you've already lived your life. And here it says that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And it says because of that and everything he went through, he is still speaking today even though he's dead. A man, remember, never dies. You see, we know this. One day Cain and Abel, they made sacrifices to the Lord. And I'm just going to kind of, I know it's been a long time since we've heard the story of Cain and Abel. So as adults, I just want to kind of bring back to your memory what happened. Cain brought some of the produce from, from the land. He was more of the farmer. And he brought some produce. He just figured, well, this is good enough. I'm going to bring him a basket of produce, and I'm going to offer it to God. Abel, he, he was the one that he took care of the sheep. He was more of the shepherd. He took care of the, the animals on the farm. And what he did is he brought the best of the best, the firstborn, the pure. He brought the best that he had to offer God. And, and God got mad. And, or not really got mad mad, but he was upset at Cain, and he's like, Cain, Abel brought me such a great, great sacrifice. I love Abel's. Abel brought me the best he had, but you, you just didn't care. You just put whatever you had in a basket and thought, well, this is good enough. This will get me through Sunday morning. This will get me through my week. Well, this is enough sacrifice. Maybe God will just kind of give me a pat on the back and send me on my way. But God loved Abel because Abel brought him the best that he had to offer. Cain got mad and he killed Abel. And because of that, 
Cain, or, or God punished Cain. Cain became a vagabond. He became basically homeless. He became a streetwalker. He was an outcast. And, and God literally could have and probably would have struck him dead. But because he loved Abel so much, he honored Abel and said, I'll tell you what I'll do, Cain. I won't kill you. You see, Abel was a legend, man. And, 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 Abel, and Abel was a legend for three reasons. Number one, he was a worshiper. Number one, he was a worshiper. You see, it wasn't the sacrifice that God wanted. It wasn't the sacrifice God wanted. God didn't need their sacrifices. God wanted obedience. And, 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 and young person, when, when you do what God tells you to do, when you're obedient, that's what God really wants. It's not about the sacrifice. My son, is in, my son does sports, and he's always going somewhere, and he's always doing something. But it's not the always going somewhere and the giving up his playtime and his free time and his video games that makes him great. It's obeying the, the, the plan that his coaches lays out for him that makes him a great athlete. It's obeying the playbook. It's playing by the book that is set out. The same with us. God is not worried about God is not worried about your sacrifice. He's worried about your obedience. Because obedience requires sacrifice. You see, I think about this Saul in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 22. Um, it says, Samuel declared, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obedience to his voice? Behold, obedience is better than sacrifice, and attentiveness is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance is as wicked of idolatry. In other words, disobeying is just like witchcraft. If you're going to disobey what God tells you to do, you might as well pull out a Ouija board and do seances and call the dead out of the graves because it's the same thing sin or, or disobedience is the same as witchcraft when God tells you to do something you do it the sacrifice is part of it the sacrifice will come but God doesn't require your sacrifice he call, he requires your obedience and what Abel did is Abel obeyed him and therefore gave the better sacrifice he was a worshiper you see, in, in the scripture, Saul, in, in, in 1 Samuel, Saul, um, God had told Saul to go and punish the Amalekites. Wipe them out. Leave nothing. Don't leave any animals. Don't leave any kids. I mean, he said, kill them all. That's some crazy stuff. Well, Saul went over there, and Saul felt a little bit bad. And Saul says, okay, well, I'll, I'll kill all of this, but I'm going to save the best calves and the, and the best rams. Oh, and you, you're my, you're my homeboy. I won't kill you, and I won't do that. God said, no, kill them all. But he brought him back, and when Samuel asked him, he goes, oh, well, I did this to offer sacrifice to God and, and to worship God. And that's what Samuel said. God didn't tell you to worship him in sacrifice. He said worship in obedience. The Bible says that we worship in what? Spirit and in what? Truth. The second reason he was a worshiper, the second reason is he was righteous. You see, bad things happen to good people sometimes. That's what Pastor was just speaking about. Sometimes things don't go our way. Sometimes we as Christians, we get sick, and sometimes we die at a young age. Sometimes things just happen. We live in a fallen world. God knows that. Could God stop it if he wanted to? Yes. But then he would be a liar because he says this. He says, all things work. God works for the good to those who love him and has been called to his purpose and his glory. If he stopped everything bad that comes our way, then what would he be working for our good? 
You see, a lot of tragedies has led to the biggest triumph. We're hanging this flag today, and we're going to be barbecuing tomorrow and celebrating freedom and celebrating America and celebrating our Western civilization. Why? Because bad things happened to some good people on foreign soil a long time ago. I had a friend from high school, Ron Payne, Corporal Ron Payne. He passed away. He went, he served a tour, served another tour in, 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 um, in Iraq and then Afghanistan. And he was done. He could have got out. He could have got a, a really plush job. And he said, nope. He goes, I'm not leaving my men on the battlefield. He goes, send me back. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, the story is told that he actually went and took the place of a guy whose wife was about to have a baby. So he went back out on the battlefield. They went on a reconnaissance mission. And all of a sudden, they, become under, they come under enemy fire. Well, when, the, when they started firing, they hid behind a rock. What he did is he jumped out from behind the rock to attract the darts to hit him. To hit him. That way, he would die and his men could run for cover. Ron Payne, he's a graduate of Mulberry High School, I believe class of 1998 or 2000. He died on that battlefield that day when his, when his dad got his Bible. The only thing that he had highlighted in his Bible is this, greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for a friend. Righteous, bad things happen to good people sometimes. It isn't God's fault, yet he will honor us if we just do what he says to do. Abel gave the best sacrifice, yet he's the one who died that day, and Cain lived. Is God mean? Is God unfair? No. But, but yet Cain, you don't hear about Cain, when you talk about Cain, all you hear is the curses and the curse of Cain and bad thing about Cain. But Abel, 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 he says he still speaks to us even though he's dead. Abel is a legend. Why? Because he's righteous. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 14 says this, Brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who die or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again and so believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have died with him. We have a hope. We'll live on. We'll live on in words and thoughts and deeds. We'll live on with heaven, in, in heaven with Jesus if you know Christ as your Savior. Finally, it's because he was martyr. He was a martyr. In other words, he's devoted to the cause of Christ. John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this. He laid down his life for a friend. Being a martyr doesn't just require death. Sometimes it requires living. You see, you have to live your life for your friends. Everything you do is not for you. Every action and every step you take, it's not about you. If you're a parent, you know this. Every breath you breathe is what? For your kids. Every breath that you breathe is for your grandkids. Every breath you breathe is for somebody else at work. You're not doing a job just to get a paycheck. Because sometimes it's not worth it. Uh, anybody thought about that? There's a lot of people out there right now getting a paycheck is not working, and I'm going to move on with that thought. But it's not about you. It's about touching the lives of those around you. Greater love has no man than this, that he give his life for a friend. A man remembered never dies. What is your legacy? And is it your legacy or is it God's legacy? Tag, you're it. Yeah. Amen.
Man, hard to follow that right there. God is good. I feel like praising him this morning. So I thought I would just do a Psalm 47 this morning. On the way over, I just thinking, man, I need to praise the Lord for how good he is, how he's raising my kids. Let me just brag a little bit in the Lord. But my daughter, she just made the USF marching band. She just got accepted. I told her, I told her, man, that's because you got such a wonderful dad. And, and she looks at me, dad, you didn't do it. But then in my heart, I said, I know who did it. I know who it, it was the Lord that did it. He's raising my kids up. And so I have three kids that were just have been blessed and they're doing well. You know, sometimes you don't know where they're going, but you trust the Lord will do it. So I feel a praise in my heart this morning. Psalm 47 is this psalm is to stir us up to praise God. How many of you know you got to praise God? You ever been to a church they didn't praise God? That's not a church where you don't want to go to. I just went to a funeral service. One of my friends passed away last year. He was 80 years old. He's a retired minister, man of God, a mentor, outside our denomination. But, of course, I had to go to this memorial service. And you know what? Nobody clapped their hands at all. It was dead silent, and I said, man, this man was a man of God. He, he would be displeased if he came back right now because he would say, you, you should be happy for me. You should be celebrating for me. I'm in heaven now. I, I'm, I'm where I needed to be. Amen. And so Psalm 47, verse 1, the first verse says this, clap your hands, all you nations. Or did it say, there we go, come on. All right. And you know, this is instruction how we're to praise the Lord. Talking about obedience, it's instruction how to praise the Lord. It doesn't say, clap your hands, some people. It says, church, everyone, you clap your hands like you mean it, like you're saved, like you're filled with the Holy Ghost, like it's going to do something. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Something happens when we begin to praise the Lord. Have you ever been just driving down the road by yourself? And maybe this is where it comes from. This, this week, driving down a road. Now, I'm not telling you to let go of your steering wheel. But, man, somehow I did it, driving down the, steering, down, down the road. I just felt something in me. I couldn't contain it. It was the presence of God. And so I just start clapping my hands in my car. You know, how do you do that? People driving by, they're looking, that's a weirdo. I don't care, I just felt something in me. I needed to praise the Lord. Sometimes words do it, but sometimes you got to do something with your body. Clap your hands, preach the word of God, you know, obey the word of God. Clap your hands, all you people. Let's do it again. Clap your hands, all you people, like you mean it, like we're in church today. And see, a, a lot of people think, a lot of people think, well, you're doing it for yourself. No, the, the, we're giving God the glory through our praise. We're going to clap. Hey, if you can't clap your hands, move your pinky or something. Sit there, go like this or something. If you can't do that, move your feet. Just I don't, we don't, God doesn't care. You know, he's worthy to receive all the praise and all the glory. If you want to do a little sway, that's why, you know, 
That's Hispanic sway, and then there's white boy sway, you know? Come on. But you got to do something if you feel like jumping up and down, jump up and down, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Well, I'm going to praise my Lord just like you want to be a legend. I'm praising him till, till the day I, I die, till I go be with him. That's what Brother Williams did from day one till now. He's loved you every single day. You know that? And I'm telling you, because God's good. He says he's a good God, that he loves you, and he wants you to be in his will. And so how are we to praise the Lord? You know, clap your hands. If you need to, blink your eyes. Just sit there going like this. People look at you. But you know, you know in our praise, it's in, listen, when the world comes in, and he sees us praising God. And you know, there's sometimes we come and you just don't feel like, do it. Just make yourself do it. Because there's somebody in the world, they may come here. You want to be a witness? Praise the Lord. Like, you just don't care. Amen? And so, how about, and see, my kids aren't here this morning, but I'm trying to model this. I'm trying to, and I'm praying, Lord, just let them get it. Let it get it. Let them get it. You know, I'll praise God because I don't care what you think because he saved me, right? And so I'm going to praise him, I would say, like, like crazy. And so this morning, give him some crazy praise. I mean, we got to start giving him some crazy praise, not just at church. At work, you start giving him some crazy praise, you know, and, and uh, you know, how you walk, how you talk. Give it all to him. Uh, my mom was a giver, and she was a praiser. I'd be looking at my mom. She dancing down that aisle. She's the only one dancing down the aisle. All those young people are looking at her. Wow, she's being a witness. You know, people get saved because we're praising the Lord. Amen. He inhabits the praises of our people. So we're to do it publicly in church. We're to do it. You know, at your workplace, you can praise the Lord at your workplace. We love you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. You can give him a shout. I'm still, I'm only in verse 1 here. I'm only in, in 47, 1A. I didn't even get to the second B yet. I got three minutes left. Now it's time to take up offering. But it doesn't matter. Clap your hands, all you people. And then it says, shout to God with cries of joy. In other words, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Woo! 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 That's how Car Pastor Carlos does it. Woo! 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 I don't care. Do, do what he does. Praise the Lord. I've known him all my life, man. He's a praiser. He's a worshiper. And do it, you know, out of your heart. You do it in your house. Your kids think you're nuts. But you just start... You know, you don't have a greatest voice, you know, but you might be walking through your living room and they're doing whatever. And you might be saying like, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. And he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, turned me around, he set, he placed my feet on solid ground. This is your part. 
makes me want to shout hallelujah thank you jesus lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the praise when i think about the lord and so you'll be walking through your house you're not but 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 man i sing that that's what i'll be doing going to work when i'm work. when i think about the lord i remember when he saved me how he raised me. man in the presence of god comes and if you keep on reading so we're to shout i know man let out a shout every once in a while i heard man some young person got it before they're like woo you know get that spirit of praise on you in your house get it in the church get it in your car you know and then as men and women of god who can't contain themselves with what the lord's done in us man every once in a while you get a little down going through a hard time but something's rising up in you that's the spirit of the living god and you just begin to praise him and honor him and because uh, his of his goodness and his loving kindness where would you be if it wasn't for him from day one he has loved you because he's worthy of all our praise man i got 50 seconds left so clap your hands like you mean it he inhabits the praises of his people listen the bible says that if you don't praise him the rock's gonna praise him and i don't want no rock doing my job that's my job to praise him nobody's going to shut my mouth the government's not going to shut my mouth my boss isn't going to shut my mouth we gotta have wisdom right but nobody's going to shut my mouth that's why you got a mouth for but guess what if you can't speak do something praise the god because you can't contain it God's not worried about who is in the office. That's it. Ten minutes right there. Amen. Give him some praise. Give him a shout in this place this morning. Get on your feet. Do something like you mean it. You don't do it for me. You don't do it for Carlos, Pastor Carlos. You do it for the living God. Amen. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Sing hallelujah. Amen. Come on, get crazy. Do some crazy praise this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ain't God good? Well, praise the Lord. Remain standing. We're about to, we're about to be dismissed. Is anybody come by to play the keyboard? Praise God. I tell you what, it is wonderful. Weren't you blessed this morning? Weren't you blessed this morning? I tell you what, I, I like just do something. Do something, praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Don't, don't lose heart. Leave a legacy behind. Keep praising the Lord. Keep worshiping the Lord. I tell you what, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to appreciate all the goodness the Lord has done for us. Man, when you come to church, do something. I like it, but even just move your eyes if you have to. But worship the Lord. You know what? When we come together, we have the power to change things. The devil made a the, the devil made the biggest mistake when he put Paul and Silas together. If he would have separated them, they would be all right. But when there's two or more gathering his name, and Paul and Silas, they were in prison. Can you imagine? 
they were in that prison. They were beaten. They were scourged. And Paul tells Silas, I can visualize it in my mind. Paul telling Silas, let's sing a song. Silas is thinking, are you crazy? Look all that we have been through and all the beating. And Paul starts singing a song about, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. And he starts singing and Paul and Silas sitting there, Paul, will you stop singing, please? And Paul just keep on singing. Come on, somebody. And before you know it, the doors came open. And everybody, oh, come on now. And everybody else experienced the liberty and freedom. Listen, when you start worshiping the Lord, it's not only for you, but you're helping somebody else who needs a breakthrough this morning, who might be standing next to you this morning. You know what? Sometimes our praise opens the door for somebody else. You know, you might have come here discouraged. You might have come here laid down and you don't feel like praising the Lord. But somebody else worshiping will usher in the presence of God. And because they have and because they have been allowed to be used by the Spirit, it will touch somebody that person who has come here already, maybe with suicide thoughts, and, and ready to be discouraged by the Spirit of God can turn him around. Praise the Lord. We serve a mighty God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we just thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for touching us this morning, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us, Father, even in three different ways, God. But you still speak the same word to us, Lord, that you have lifted us up. You have been encouraged us. And, Father, that we give you all the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And, Father, we thank you for all those who have been watching online, those who may be watching this week. I pray that you bless them and touch them. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Pray. And everyone says, everyone says, Amen. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you.